2: So crazy at times. It sounds like you yell
3: back at your radio.
1: What are you talking about? What the
3: hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now
4: he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's midday madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer.
5: Welcome in, Spartans of Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan, on a pick and save football Friday as we broadcast live from the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu. College football fans, Iowa, Iowa State, we'll play each other right here on 1250 coming up tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock broadcast time, 3.30 kickoff, Iowa and Iowa State. I know there are a bunch of alum of both that live here in southeastern Wisconsin, so make sure to tell your family and friends on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. If you want to listen to the Iowa-Iowa State game, we'll be right here on 1250 AM. The Fan coming up tomorrow afternoon. Game broadcast again starting uh, at 3 o'clock. Uh, coming up on today's show, well, we're going to talk with big-time Mike McGivern uh, talking high school football as we get ready for another uh, slate of high school football games. He'll join us coming up here in about 15 minutes. Uh, and we're also, uh, coming up uh, at 2.30, going to talk with a former HBO sports president, Ross Greenberg, current executive producer of the documentary Extra Innings from 9-11 20 years later. Uh, and he's going to be on to discuss the documentary uh, that he has helped uh, put together. And he's been a part of uh, a lot of great things. And it's a feature-length documentary that will tell the remarkable uh, story of how baseball helped aid both New York and the nation's recovery in the weeks and months following the horrific attacks, commemoration, commemoration of the 20th anniversary of 9-11. It'll premiere on HBO Max coming up tomorrow, uh, Saturday, September 11th. So we'll talk to him coming up at 2.30. Do you, uh, Sam, do you remember... Anything about nine eleven uh, and that whole deal? I mean, you were awfully young, I'm assuming, right? How how old were you?
1: I was very young. I was in kindergarten at the time, but I still remember, you know, us just sitting around the TV and it just being completely silent. And me as a kid knowing, okay, this is not something's up, something's not right, right?
5: So they had the TVs on in kindergarten. Yeah. See, I don't know, man. I like, um, uh, what was it? What 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 was the? Uh, I'm showing my age here because I can't remember. Was it the Challenger that blew up? The space shuttle that uh blew up uh, and launched. So I was in grade school for that. Um, and I remember that breaking when I was uh, in grade school and that whole thing went down. This one here. See, I, I don't I don't know. I guess I'm of the the from the parenting aspect of let's just protect them from, you know the horrific niggas or whatever that they're seeing or whatever the case may be. I don't think I would have wanted them kindergartners, first graders, whatever, sitting in front of a TV, watching all of this. Like I, I think I would have said no hard pass. No, I don't think I want my kids watching.
1: it. Well, at the time you really didn't know exactly what was going on. That's true. We all initially thought that in the first one, it was just, you know, okay, maybe a plane somehow accidentally crashed into a building. But then as the day went on, then we figured out what was going on.
5: It's uh. I've told the story before on the air. I seem like a horrible human being, but I'll tell it again. Uh, so when this was all going on that morning, I was working at uh, WISN radio. Uh, back then I used to produce for Steve, the Homer choose world's greatest sports talk show. And then I would do a bunch of production and stuff for other responsibilities at the station. So I, I was usually there quite late at night. So by the time, you know, I get home, it's late midnight, one o'clock, whatever the case may be. And then. You know, Sam knows this life, then you eat or whatever else. And you're up to like two, three o'clock, whatever you go to sleep. And then you sleep till nine, ten o'clock, get up and do it all over again. So I'm sound asleep, cold and lonely, single. And my buddy starts calling my phone and will not stop calling my phone. And I become angry, I pick up the phone. I'm like, what do you want? What is so important that you know, I'm sleeping that you have to wake me up. was hot (laughs) he goes man you don't know what's going on i'm like i'm sleeping what and he's like a plane crashed into uh, the world trade center i'm like all right i'm going back to sleep goodbye click and i hung up the phone and i laid in the bed and i closed my eyes i couldn't fall back asleep so then I was like, great, now I'm awake and now I'm thinking about this. So then I got up, I turned on the TV set just in time to see the second plane crash into the World Trade Center. Going forward from that point on, you know, again, life changing. I remember driving to work at the radio station that night, knowing we weren't going to have a sports talk show, obviously. But I still had to go into work. So driving into work, and I remember, like literally, being like nervous, like what the heck is going on? Like because there was talk of you know Chicago, they may try to get Sears uh, Sears Tower in Chicago, and all this other stuff going on. And there was just a nervous energy, anxiety about you know what was going to happen next. And then our sports talk show uh, that was on the air, we were taken off the air for. I don't know, week, two weeks, something like that. And the company that we worked for, which still owns them, which is now iHeart, which back then was called Clear Channel, same company, just changed the name. uh, They ran nationwide special news programming every night at that point at 6 o'clock that we ran. You want to talk about just absolutely depressing to sit there and listen to and play commercials for and everything else. Oh, my God. I mean, just completely immersed in everything that was going on at that point. Like, that was probably the exact last place I wanted to be at that moment of time, was sitting there playing commercials for these news programs. Because I, I was just, you know, shocked, stunned, whatever, like everybody else was, about how that whole thing played out. But then you remember going forward in the months that happened after that, and I went to Vegas... With Tim Allen. And we were flying out of O'Hare. So that was September 11th. I want to say we got on a plane. You probably remember better than me. I think we got on a plane like September 21st or September 22nd or something like that. Right right there after that. We drive down to O'Hare, living in Kenosha. We drive down to O'Hare. Never forget it as long as I live. On a, I think it was, was it a Friday night or something like that? We drive down there, and I'm telling you, there was nobody in this airport. Nobody. Not only was there nobody in the airport, you had military, National Guard or whatever, carrying these long military guns, walking in front of O'Hare as you got dropped off to go in with your luggage. They're walking in front of O'Hare. You have the same military personnel inside of the airport walking around with said weaponry uh, as well. And as I stated, ghost town. Not only was it a ghost town, but half of or more than half of the things that are inside O'Hare, those were all closed. Because obviously coming off of this and just having the flight ban lifted or whatever Everybody was scared to death of flying. Nobody wanted to fly. Nobody wanted a chance. Something else happening. So everybody was canceling their flights. Nobody wanted to be on flights. Now, here Tim and I are going, oh, we're, it's Vegas. We're going to Vegas. Like, we got we we spent our money a football Sunday uh, in Vegas. Like, we're in. Let's go. So we still went. So we fly to Vegas. We get to Vegas. Las Vegas? Man. Again, something else I'll never forget. If you've ever been to Vegas and you come out of a casino, you know how it works, right? You have a line of cabs lined up as you know as far as you can see. And these cabs are moving, right? Because there's people always coming out of Vegas casinos. Sam, have you been to Vegas yet? You partied
1: out there yet? No, I have not. Oh, we got to get that taken care of.
5: But, so, you know, you come out of the casinos and everybody just hops in, in in cabs and away you go to wherever you're going next. We're coming out of casinos. And this casino, the, the cab drivers are just besides themselves. Because normally, you know, they're 15th or 20th in line. They're there less than five minutes. And they're gone. They got their next ride and they're gone. Now, they're sitting there 45 minutes to an hour waiting for somebody to come out of the casino. Like, the inside of these casinos... We're vacant. Like, you sit down at a blackjack table, you're the only one sitting down at the blackjack table. The only one. The Packers played Washington that weekend that we were there coming back. It was the first weekend, I I believe, uh, coming off of 9-11 or whatever. And they were at home against Washington in primetime. That was cool. Like, we were in Vegas watching it. I think we were at a... Was that Monday night football after 9-11 that they played against Washington or Sunday night? Whatever it was, it was definitely a night game. And there was a, a party that you could buy into or whatever. I think it was at the Horseshoe we were at. Um, and we were able to to be there and experience that whole thing. But, yeah, man, 20 years ago, the the craziness of how that whole day played out, the weeks that followed, the the, the trip to Vegas and everything else. Just nuts. Absolutely crazy. Marshall Holman, if you're a PBA fan, a pro bowler fan uh, from back in the day, I've interviewed him, obviously, numerous times since then. And when he and I talked about 9-11 one time, he talked about the fact that he was in flight. I think he was coming from Ohio from a, a tour stop or whatever, and he was flying. Well, all those planes got grounded at that moment in time. And his... Flight got grounded in Milwaukee, of all places. And thankfully, he's got friends that live in Heartland that own a restaurant on Heartland. So he was able to call them. They were able to come get him. And he stayed with them until the planes were able to get back up and off the ground again. So looking forward uh, to talking with uh, Ross Greenberg, uh, the former HBO sports president. Uh, Again, the new documentary, Extra Innings, from 9-11 20 years later. Uh, and, again, he debuts tomorrow on HBO Max. We'll talk to him coming up here at about uh, 2.35. Uh, all right, we're going to talk with Mike McGivern coming up here uh, in just a couple of minutes. But first, I want you to hear from Matt LaFleur. He talked just a little bit ago up in Green
1: Bay. He's not out there today, so he's going to be out for, for week one. Well, we'll
0: give him all the way up to game time, and if he's able to go, then we'll we'll let him go. Was today not practicing a setback for that, though? I wouldn't say a sec- setback, but, um, you know, He's feeling feeling some things and so like I said, we'll just we thought it was in the best interest to leave him out and then give him the next forty eight hours to kind of prove whether or not he can go out there and play.
1: With Jair being named a captain, what makes him a good leader?
0: Oh, there's so many things. I think you just watch how he prepares on a daily basis, the energy he brings out on the practice field, and I think what's unique about really any leader is people have their own way of leading and, and jaw is true to himself i think he does a great job of kind of setting the tone out there for for us and um, obviously he's a tremendous football player but he's a tremendous person and and he's going to be a great captain for us
1: Matt, what, Speaking what, of the what was the reason with going with so many more captains this year compared to the pre was it just the number of guys that got so many votes like you were talking about the other day was that part of the decision there
0: yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, and and like I told our team, I think there's, whether you were voted a, a captain or not, there's so many great leaders and um, eventually you got to cut it off at some point, I think. Um, but no, it, it was, it's a true testament to the guys in that locker room. And, you know, those were the guys that kind of stood a little bit above everybody else.
2: That's three on the captains. Uh- Right about the time that you guys announced that Zanair has posted something on Twitter, and I absolutely cannot stand the fact that we have to try to uh, decipher what these guys mean when they post shit on Twitter. But he said, wow, with a scratching his chin emoji. Is, is that anything to do with that he's not a captain? Did you talk to him about that in any way? No,
0: I did not talk to him about that. But, you know, he's still a, he's still a leader on this football team. And, you know, I think sometimes when... You're going through everything that he's gone through throughout training camp and, and into the preseason, um, and you're not around the, the guys quite as much. Um, you know, sometimes that that is the byproduct of that. Is that
1: something that you might at some point talk to him about? Because I mean, he was a captain last year, and to not be a captain this year after back-to-back. Yeah, prep- in my
0: mind, he's still a captain. So, like, I just, I, I we we will we're always in ha- uh, constant communication. So but not nothing that I'm overly concerned about.
1: Aaron the other day said how this group just seems really focused, and then Devante said it seems like it's the hungriest group he's been around as you guys get ready for a week one game. Do you feel that in the locker room? Is there an extra focus this year?
0: Yeah, no, there's been there's been great focus all throughout training camp you know in the preseason in our walkthroughs You can just feel you can feel the energy and certainly I think every team This type uh, this time of year is really excited going in to start the season, but um, You know, I, I really like our guys mindset. I really I love the leadership in our locker room um, And so we're, we're just excited and we know we have a great test in front of us. What is it about this team that you think has everyone so much more focused this year? I wouldn't say it's, um, it's hard for me to quantify the, the focus from years past. Uh, but I don't think it's – I thought we were pretty focused in years past as well. So um, I think that's probably better for the guys in that locker room. Uh, maybe some of the conversations – that those guys have had. Uh, certainly, I think as a staff and just the feeling I get when we're out there on the football field is it's it's business as usual. And we know how important each and every game is in this league and um, so that's, that's always the mindset to go 1-0 and each week.
2: Hey man, we were talking earlier here just wondering how many people are gonna be at this game, what the crowd's gonna be like. Do you have any feel for what the dynamic might be down there in the stands? You know, I
0: heard the ticket sales aren't great right now. So, um, hopefully, all the Packer fans out there, we keep saying we got the best fans in the National Football League. I hope they all show out in Jacksonville.
4: You know, it's always interesting to see how crisp the team is. All right, there is
5: Matt LaFleur. Uh, it was only like 40 seconds left in that thing. There was Matt LaFleur from earlier uh, today in Green Bay. Now let's check in with big-time Mike McGivern. He joins us next Here on Sparky's Midday Madness. See what's on the slate for high school football tonight around southeastern Wisconsin. Welcome back. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan as we broadcast live from the Lakeland University Studios, leader in online education for more than 25 years. Lakeland.edu. Time now for this dude. There he is, our WSSB High School insider, big time Mike McGivern, joining us on the great Midwest Bank Hotline. Michael, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it.
4: Hey, thanks, Sparky, and I appreciate that first segment a lot. I, uh, You know, sometimes you, you have a tendency to forget some things, and, and uh, you put me right back to, to where I was the moment that – that uh, I heard about it. So well, thanks. now you're
5: going to have to tell. Now you have to tell us. So, uh, you know, I was
4: working for an independent sports marketing company at a Waukesha called Impact Marketing, and I was uh, heading up Capitol Drive. I stopped at Seven Eleven in Brookfield uh, to get a cup of coffee, and the I was probably five minutes from from going in when the first plane hit, and I pulled in the parking lot, and I was about to get out of my car to get a cup of coffee when the second one hit. And I remember I I didn't know whether to throw up or to start crying or to go home. And and I walked out, and another guy was walking in. And I said, did you hear a second plane hit the uh, World Trade Center? And the guy stopped. He said, are you kidding me? And I said, no. He said, a second one hit it? And I said, yeah. And he he turned white, turned around and took off running for his car. And I remember going into work, and my boss was like, hey, man, we're, we're shutting the door. Go home. We're go- I'm going home, and I, I, I remember just watching it over and over and over again, and I I thought we were, we were at war, and, and, and I think our world did change at that moment, um, but boy, I remember exactly where I was and how I was feeling that day.
5: Yeah, I think everybody does, uh, no question about that. I mean, Sam was in kindergarten, he said, and he remembers it, for God's sakes. I- uh, Unbelievable. Uh, okay, so uh, let's talk about some happier things. Uh, let's yep. talk about high school football and the celebration of high school football, Mike McGivern. Thank,
4: thank you for that, Spark.
5: Well, again, I, I said it. I don't know if I'm going to mean it throughout this whole interview, but we'll see what happens. Uh, t- t- look, the story for me, at least, and again, I don't follow it closely as you do, has to be WALATOSA well, West and what they've put together over there after that football program had been shut down just a few years ago.
4: Um. Well, I don't know if that—I don't know if they got shut down, um, Spark. But they—they they well, there's were, no they varsity, were, right? Yeah, well, they're Nicolay did.
5: Oh, Nicolay did. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: Why well, would yep. the West did not? Um, but but they are still at this point, you know, uh, someone to talk about Spark. Do you believe that what goes around comes around?
5: Are you talking about them throwing up 90 points and thinking somebody's going to do it eventually?
4: No, they put they put 90 up on Pius, right? Do you remember when Pius put a whole bunch up on somebody and uh, and, uh, and Coach Davies was in the studio with yes. me on a Friday night? Yes,
5: I remember exactly that, that night, yes.
4: <laughs> the coach had Pius, when Coach Davies questioned him about why he had to throw, he was up 50 to nothing, why he had to throw a 70-yard yep. bomb. And he said, well, that's why you're in studio and I'm on the sidelines. Do
5: you mm-hmm. remember that? Sure do.
4: So what goes around, I guess, comes around. They, they look, uh, Tosa West now plays at Milwaukee Lutheran tonight and then they'll play Tosa East, and then on the 24th they play at Catholic Memorial. So we'll find out a whole lot more about Tosa West. We had them on last week, and, and their coach, And I, in fact, was at a pick-and-save store with our pick-and-save student athlete of the week last night with a Wauwatosa West football player who's a senior with a big smile on his face and a really fun family, and he said, yeah, I feel good. I, I think we got a chance to be pretty good this year.
5: You bring up Catholic Memorial. I feel like they have more kids than I remember them ever having in the past. It seems like they're deeper this year.
4: Yeah, I was on the sidelines for their first game against Brookfield Central, and a Spark was. I'll remember most about that game, and I thought in the first quarter we might get to a running clock, and Brook Central kind of righted the ship, and with about a minute to go, Brook Central was driving. They're down eight, and Catholic Memorial took a timeout, and I walked out on the field because I wanted to hear what Coach Young had to say. Sure. And there was one player for Catholic Memorial that was really yelling, like, hey, we've got it. And all Coach Young did was he just put his hand over his lips and went, shh. And the guy completely stopped, and he just looked at him, and Coach Young said, we're going to be fine. Go ahead, Coach. Defensive quarter talked a little bit, then he talked a little bit, And they they ended up, um, Brook Central scored, but then uh, Washington Memorial stopped him on the two-point conversion and won the game. But it was so, like watching Bill Young on the sidelines is the best. He's just, he is calm, he's cool, he's in charge. And when this kid was, he was really uh, going after it, like yelling at some players, and all he did was shh. And the guy was just, boom, silent. And I thought about the nuns when I was in third and fourth grade. I don't know if I'd be quiet that quick, but they would shish me a lot. And I just, it was fun to watch him operate on the sidelines.
5: All right. So my 24 uh, game of the week coming up tonight. Where are you at, Mike?
4: Well, we're at the big, biggest game that I, I can tell you. McGuana go at Muskego. Both teams are undefeated. Mosquito, um, winning streak in, in that conference, I think, is at. 39 40 games something like that and when when our schedule came out I got I was asked more about this game than any of them and I can tell you that go. this is a game go has wanted they 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 do not shy away they they think they can this is the year for them to get Muskego, and they think this is the time of the year and they're going to go out and do it so this is going to be a great game my 24 at seven o'clock and uh, I wouldn't want to be if there you I couldn't pick a better game for me to be at
5: that coach at, at uh, McGuanago he came from Fond du Lac right
4: he did yeah he was down he was an assistant at Arrowhead and then he uh, he was up at Fond du Lac and then he came down and, and took over uh, this job and I can tell you at McGuanago and I can tell you this that I know through you know a couple of guys that I know that there's been a couple of pretty big programs over the last two or three years, that that have made a call to him to say, "Hey, look, how happy are you?" And uh, he's not going anywhere. He loves go. He loves that community. His family loves the community. Good.
1: And,
4: uh, I, I think. Look, I like him a lot. It's going to be fun though, to to interview him tonight, and I, I think I'll be on the sideline um, on the Muskego sideline. But I, unless they change the spark. I may be, they have not, I'll be on the Muskego sideline, but to be able to talk to his staff and and to interview him before the game would be fun. He's been on our show a little bit. You know, it's funny with McGuanico, as you know, it was it's a football community. This game will be sold out tonight, by the way. Oh, It'll yeah. be sold sure. out. Yeah. No doubt. No question. And you know what? I've talked to Mike a lot, um, and he said, look, it, it, it it's also a wrestling uh, community. But boy, they love their football out here. And they beat Kettle Moraine last week uh, 40 to 14. And it's it's number one ranked uh, Muskegon. It's number five ranked McGuanico, at least in the coaches' polls. So That's awesome.
5: And, hey, Mike, real quick, I got to go. I got to get to uh, my next yep. interview with Ross Greenberg, the former HBO Sports president, as I was talking about in the first segment that you were listening to. Real quick, what's uh, coming up on a McGivern Saturday morning?
4: Um, the, uh, home improvement show built by Creative Construction, Wisconsin, powered by Colonel Home of the superhero. We're going to talk to Meredith Hine, who owns, uh, Core Improvements, CR Improvements, and it's a wonderful story. She's got a really good company, and, and, uh, you know, there's not a lot of women in, in the home improvement industry, and she's one, and she's proud of it, and she's really good at what she does. Second segment, we're going to be talking about, uh, Football uh, in the MPS schools, and then the, the second segment of the youth sports show, we're going to talk to a, a woman that used to work over by us, in fact, um, Alex Poole. She used to be in our, in our uh, promo department. And, and you know what we didn't know back then, Spark, so is her brother's playing in the NBA, and she, she worked by us in, in the uh, promotions department. Her brother went to Milwaukee King, went to Michigan, and he's now in the NBA. So we're going to talk to her because she's doing a big job with the Milwaukee Recreation Department. She's
5: awesome. She's one of my. I, she is. She is one of my favorite people that I've worked with. She's got a thing for wearing stocking caps, but other than that, it's fine.
4: Yeah, and you know what, Spark? She never. Uh, she did not. She never shied away from working hard. Oh no, she's very and, good.
5: Yeah, very, very yeah, good. In she, fact, I I recommended her for a, another uh, job somewhere else.
4: Yeah, well, you know what? She's now uh, she's doing a great job at Milwaukee Police Department, yep. and we'll talk to her the second two segments, and then the high school show. Head football coach at uh, Union Grove, and that's a team. Look, they're ranked—I uh, don't know—ranked three or four somewhere in there in uh, Division Three. And I'll tell you what, they might be under ranked. Oh, I got to be honest. Right.
5: They still throwing well, the ball all over all over God's creation. Is that still a thing out there?
4: Um, they do a little bit, but they also have a running back that's our pick-and-save student-athlete of the week who's a preferred walk-on up at Wisconsin. Oh, nice. Well, yeah.
5: Very good. I learn something new every day. Michael, thank you so much. Uh, check out given Saturday morning. It all gets underway with hey, the hey, Home Improvement hey. Show at 8 a.m. through the uh, Varsity Blitz Coaches Show sure. all the way up till noon. Yes.
4: Really quick, Roman Gabriel the Third is our guest on Faith in the Zone on Sunday. He's awesome. Anyway, he's awesome.
5: Yeah, he's awesome. I've interviewed him a couple of times. He's really good. Mike, thank you so much. Thanks, Mark. Take care. There he is, Mike McGivern, big time, our WSSPI School Insider, the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Applying for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious, breathe. The Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Coming up next, former HBO Sports President Ross Greenberg and now Executive producer of the documentary that airs tomorrow on HBO Max, "Extra Innings from 9/11," twenty years later, and how baseball uh, impacted everybody uh, after what happened with 9/11. We'll talk to him next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness on 12:50 a.m. The fan just seeing on Twitter, Chris Bryant returning to Wrigley with the Giants, standing ovation. Uh, from uh, everybody at Wrigley. I'm pretty sure he's uh, tearing up. He's got sunglasses on, but I'm pretty sure. Now, mind you, there's a lot of empty seats at Wrigley, but those that are there, uh, people are uh, standing and cheering Chris Bryant. That, that whole thing, man, in Chicago, like, I mean, just think about that for a second, right? Think about it from the aspect of uh, being a Brewers fan. If you go back and you think about when the Brewers had – Fielder and Braun and Hardy and Weeks and Hart. That whole thing didn't blow up just on a day. That Cubs team blew up over the course of a couple days. Like, that's the crazy part about it. Think about it. You've got Peralta, Woodruff, Burns, and Hayter. And Yellich, let's say, right? Those are your core. Could you imagine in two or three years, if at the trade deadline... They end up trading Burns, they trade Woodruff, uh, and they trade Hader. Well, Hader wouldn't probably still be here. But let's say it's Woodruff, Burns, and Yelich all get traded at the trade deadline on one day. Can you imagine how absolutely depressed you would be as a Brewers fan if that were to play out? I get how Brewers fans... You don't like laughing at the Cubs' misery and pointing fingers and all that stuff. Like I I understand how excited and giddy you get to make fun of the Cubs, you know, being Brewers fans. I get it, but like I could never even imagine that as a Brewers fan, having your core team, especially guys that won you a World Series. And from that aspect, that's it's even worse. Uh, Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline here at Sparky's Midday Madness is former HBO Sports President Ross Greenberg and current executive producer of the documentary Extra Innings from 9-11, 20 years later. uh, Debuts at HBO Max coming up tomorrow. Ross, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it.
3: Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be with you today.
5: So I was talking about this in the first segment of the show earlier, and I was kind of mm. reminiscing back to uh, mm. when I was you know, in radio at a much younger age, obviously 20 years ago, <laughs> uh, and how my whole day played out, and then 10 yeah. days after that happening, getting on a plane at O'Hare in Chicago and flying to Vegas for a football weekend and just how different everything was. Vegas was Empty cabbies who normally waited, you know, a couple of minutes to take somebody were in line 45 minutes to an hour before somebody would come out uh, needing a cab ride. O'Hare was a ghost town on a Friday night when we flew out with military guys with rifles and everything else, uh, walking in front of the airport and walking in the airport, and which was half closed because everybody was canceling their flights. And here we are still going to Vegas and we're still gonna go do our thing. Um, and, And just how crazy that whole deal was. And now you've put together this documentary that's going to be on HBO Max that not only looks back to 9-11, but then what happens after that and the effect that baseball had on it?
3: Well, it was an amazing effect. I mean, I think that all of sports had an effect to get people through, to get back to some sense of normalcy. And, you know, we decided, I guess, 11 months ago, I got a call from Sandy Montag, who had sold the documentary to Turner, and ultimately it goes on their sister company, HBO Max. But Jeff Zucker and Craig Barry and Lenny Daniels all saw that there was a story to tell here, and a powerful one. And so I enlisted Joe Levine, who helped me produce a documentary we had done at HBO back in 2004, right after the events of 9-11. And we set out to reintroduce the public to some of those stories, but also bring those stories up to date, and then also dive a little deeper. You know, we, we enlisted the Mets organization. Joe Torrey and Bobby Valentine became like our guides through the entire film, and uh, they end up as our executive producers as well. So this was an important step for America to, to kind of find a unity and a, to reunite with each other to get all of us through those desperate, difficult times that you're describing uh, right after the the planes hit and the, the plane crashed in Pennsylvania, and of course the Pentagon. I mean, it was a it was an eerie, very fearful time for a lot of people. And uh, I just remember, I just lost my mom in Houston on September ninth, and so oh, I was actually going to her funeral on September eleventh. Had to take a Greyhound bus from Houston back to New York to reunite with my family, man. and then. And then the thought of getting back to New York, grieving for your mother, but le- looking and seeing and witnessing, you know, the devastation, uh, not only down at Ground Zero, but all over the city. You know, if you talk about empty. I mean, and you talk about nervous. Uh, New York was like shell-shocked. And, and, you know, what we wanted to do, though, was to give people some hope. Um, it was a desperate time, but there were... There were ways to get back, you know. There, there, and one of the ways was through sports, and of course, baseball. And and if you remember that fall, you know, baseball had some magical moments in New York, uh, whether it was Mike Piazza's home run, or the run by the New York Yankees through the World Series, and those magical moments of Game Three, Four, and Five in Yankee Stadium. So, you know, we just felt the time was right. Uh, The time couldn't be more right, by the way, given what we're living through now and wanting to get back to a sense of normal. Um, But, you know, this is the docu we put together, and I think it's really powerful and we're proud of it.
5: And it comes up again tomorrow on HBO Max. It'll be the premiere of it. Again, 20 years since uh, 9/11. Uh, and it, it's called Extra innings, obviously. And I'm assuming you have a bunch of interviews with a bunch of you know former Mets uh, and Yankees mm-hmm. players as part of it.
3: Yeah, I mean Mike Piazza was gracious enough to give us a really long, nice, beautiful interview. Of course, Bobby Valentine and Joe Tory, we took a long, long time with each of them because they wanted to you know we wanted them to guide us all the way through. We have Michael Kay, the great broadcaster of the Yankees, Tom Verducci, the great storyteller, and then, of course, we do get uh, Al Leiter, John Franco, and Bernie Williams to, to guide us through uh, both the Mets and the Yankees story. So uh, we put all those together, and, uh, and we think we have a special piece of television. It's, you know, it's a story that has to be told. It's a story that not only brings you back to that time, and, and the way it was, but also really gets you into some stories of, of some people that lost loved ones who were attached to the game of baseball, who used baseball to try to put a smile back on their face. Uh, we follow a Geese family that lost their father and dad who, um, who was a fireman. Uh, we follow Brielle Saracini, who we touched on way back when, when she was 11 and idolized Derek Jeter uh, and wanted to meet him. And she, her dad was one of the pilots that was piloting one of the planes that went into the tower, um, one of the towers. So uh, we follow up with her and tell her story 20 years later, uh, and it's a magical ride. Um, and I don't want to give any of it away, but uh, tune in and take a look and see what happened to Brielle. It's, it's quite the story. You know, um, we,
5: we've heard through the, the, the most recent hurricane down in New Orleans about guys uh, and that Saints team, uh, Jameis Winston, uh, mm-hmm. Kamara, and those guys really reaching out and, and wanting to be a part of uh, the cleanup effort, whether it be financially mm-hmm. or Jameis Winston, I think, has shirts now that he's selling, trying to raise money and so forth. Right. Did, did you see a lot of that or hear about a lot about that from these players after that all happened as far as them being a part of the community rebuild?
3: Oh yeah, I mean John Franco was a New Yorker through and through and he he actually uh and he and Bobby Valentine and a host of others went into the Shea Stadium parking lot where it was kind of a a feeding ground for for them to take supplies and bring them to ground zero for all the people that were trying to uh clean up. And and so the two of them were totally engrossed in, in the cleanup. And, you know, besides them, you had a story of Bernie Williams and Joe Torrey. They speak of going to the armory, which is where all the families would gather uh, with the pictures of their loved ones who were lost and just hoping and praying that they would be found. And of course, none were, but, um, but they go to the armory to just shake hands because Randy Levine, the president of Yankees thought it might be a good idea to lift some spirits. And at times they felt like, "What are we doing here? You know, this is horrific. They don't want to meet Yankees. What are we going to do?" And then, you know, Bernie tells that classic story of going up to a, a mother or a wife of one of the missing persons, and and he goes up to her and has no idea what to say, but he says, "You look like you need a hug," and he gives her this hug, and he describes in the docu this electric jolt that goes through him and he immediately knew why they were there, you know, oh. to try to lift some spirit. Oh, very powerful. I mean, you'll see. It's it's great stuff.
5: Check it out. HBO Max coming up tomorrow. Extra innings from 9-11, 20 years later. Uh, talking about baseball's impact uh, after 9-11. He is the former HBO uh, sports president, Ross Greenberg, and, of course, the executive producer on this project as well. Ross, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it.
3: Hey, thank you. Enjoy the rest of the day.
5: You too. There he is, Ross Greenberg. On the Great Midwest Bank hotline of applying for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious, well, breathe. like Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Coming up next, we will talk with Sir Rami Makhlouf as he gets ready for the Rami Show coming up here at 3 o'clock, including uh, the likes of Jay Moore again. I don't know if you all heard the uh, comedian Jay Moore. You remember he filled in on Jim Rome for a while I guess he was hosting that show for, what, three years or something like that? He had his own sports talk show for. Uh, so, yeah, so Jay Moore, he's going to be at the Improv uh, in Milwaukee, and he joined Rami yesterday. Pretty funny. Uh, and he'll be joining Rami again today at 5 o'clock, plus a host of others. We'll see what's coming up on the Rami Show at 3 next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan football season is finally back, and the place to be catch all the action and create your own sporting action is Q Club of Wisconsin. Not only do they have a hu- uh, uh, ton of TVs to watch the games on, but you can play your own games in their huge entertainment game room. We're talking about indoor bocce ball, darts, pool, table tennis. You name it, they've got it. Uh, And lots and lots of pool tables, if I didn't mention that. Uh, Plus, they got great food, too, from loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up. Ha! With all the extras, visit their Facebook page or QClubOfWI.com QClubOfWI.com for menu and updates. Q Club of Wisconsin. North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. I would assume they will be very busy on Sunday uh, for the Green Bay-New Orleans game, as I'm sure many fine establishments around the area will be busy as well. I'll be on the air immediately following that game with uh, the Green and Gold Post Game Show with Gary Ellerson, presented to you by Lakeland University. Looking forward to uh, to do in Green and Gold postgame shows again this year with Gary. Always a fun time. Rami Maklov is here. Uh, and he's getting ready for the Rami show coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes. I said that you have Jay Moore on again today at yes. five o'clock. Five o'clock. He was funny yesterday. He's a hilarious dude. Yeah, he was he was funny. I was I was I was laughing and listening to him in my office. Good, was.
2: Good. Yeah. You can catch him at the improv next week. Get your tickets at Milwaukeeimprov.com. 16th, 17th, 18th.
5: Man, if you're not opening for this dude, I'm just telling you something is not right right now. I'm there. not
2: doing this to open for anybody, man. I'm having him on because A, uh, he's good content. First and foremost. Because he's funny. For my listeners. He's funny. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's the only, that's the first and foremost reason you book a guest. Yeah. B, um I I love that the improv is here and there are great things happening in and the you, Milwaukee comedy scene, yeah, and right. I want to support it and help it and help it grow. That's good and succeed.
5: And my goal is to make you uh, you know be in bigger events and bigger areas. So that's what I my goal is in all a of rising this.
2: tide lifts all ships. All ships, Sparky, is that how the saying goes? Don't know. Don't rising care. Tide all ra- I know is all ships.
5: this man should be opening for Jay. Moore. figure it out. Improv. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> figure it out. One
2: way or the other, I would be happy to do that. But I, uh, yeah. whatever, wh- if and whenever they, you don't have get to talk after I'll I'll say I say what I say. You could just sit over there quiet if you don't want to be associated with what right. I have to say. That's true.
5: But I'm still going to pop my fist on the table and say, "Rami should open at the Improv for Jay Moore." <laughs> That's all I'm going to say.
2: All right. Yeah, I'll just shut up.
5: I've been doing sports talk radio a long time. Very well known in this area. Thank very, you. very well known. Thank you. you know, people come just to see you. Oh, Jay Moore's there too? That's cool. I'm coming to see Robbie. That's, that's cool. Yeah, I'm just saying. You should, you know, he should be that open to I me. Mean, the dude has been I mean, on I'm Saturday Night say, Live. He
2: doesn't need me to draw audiences. I'm not he say, was in Jerry Maguire. He was, I saw him in
5: Jerry Maguire. I, I'm not going <laughs> to say headlining over Jay Moore. He's been on multiple right. sitcoms. Yeah. He
2: doesn't need me to yeah. draw an audience. Better <laughs> <laughs> right, I just stop talking about Jay Moore. Why don't you just. Let's talk about your show. <laughs> Coming up on the show today's Oh, it's a football Friday, Sparky. It's, pick a fu- and save. it's a pick and save football Friday on the fan and on the Rami show. And oh buddy. Oh man, am I fired up. So out of the gates, what else are we gonna do? I need Sunday predictions. I need season predictions for your 2021 Green Bay Packers. Ryan Horvat of Bet MGM tonight, he'll join me at 345. Matt Schneidman, Packers beat writer for the athletic, he joins me at four o'clock. The aforementioned Jay Moore. He'll join me at 5 o'clock and uh, also in that 4 o'clock hour. Um, Brian Gutekunst was asked in that one-on-one with Pete Doherty if this was... A very long, long interview. If this was a uh, Super Bowl or bust approach for this team this season. Mm-hmm. Different Said it from was one, every year. And I want to know if... Uh, I know he's going to say that. I want to know if Packers fans Do you know what see the- there. Not not this season, because I'm tired of asking that and, and being... Being uh, first of all in the minority on on the subject, but also just being disappointed in how spoiled people are when you ask, "Is it a super?" And every season's a Super Bowl or bust season. We don't accept anything Look, Well, If you ever like, had a
5: good quarterback,
2: you'd be in the same no, boat. If you not, knew that window was eventually not, eventually no matter close. what you have, no matter what sport, no matter what league, it's it, like you're you're never gonna be happy as a fan if you're just gonna be a championship or bust type of fan. Right. It's about the journey, not the the destination.
5: It says a guy that roots for a losing organization. That is exactly what it is if you don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback that puts you in a position to compete for a Super Bowl every year. I've seen a few championships
2: in my time, man. I'm saying this goes across all sports. If
5: you have Tom Brady, that's what it is. If you have LeBron James, that's what it is. And guess what? If you have Giannis right now, that's what it is. When you have those type of players, that's what it is. Now, having said that, I don't think Josh Allen is there yet. So if you have Josh Allen, it's you're not there yet. Right? You're not at that point. If you have Patrick Mahomes, you're damn right in Kansas City. That's what it is. It's Super Bowl or bust. Like, you lose the NFC championship game, that's not going to be good enough. That's not going to work. If that's what they expect because well, they have This is the
2: conversation I didn't want to have on the show today. I want to know if you think their approach to this season is Super Bowl or bust, the Packers' approach and the way that they assembled this roster.
5: I think it, their approach is last dance. That's what this is. Okay. That's what I think it is.
2: But isn't that the same thing? Isn't that Super Bowl or bust? Isn't that we're going to do it? No, uh, Super Bowl or bust, I mean, I guess there could be different viewpoints on how you view it.
5: Super Bowl or bust for me every year is, that's more of a fan thing, right? So it's Super Bowl or bust. No, no. I'm what's talk, a, what's I'm talking, a great season.
2: I'm talking about the approach and what Packers fans have been asking this team to do for years, which they apparently have finally done, which is... Which is mortgage some of the future in in terms of the salary cap situation to try and win now. Yeah, That's what I'm talking about.
5: Yeah, that's exactly what has happened. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, So that will be a fun topic to listen to. So that's
2: in the 4 o'clock hour.
5: I know you're all fired up. I'm going to bring you back down before the show. Because we did it here in Sparky's Midday Madness. I I said my story on the air, and then the given came on, and he said his story. Story time. You don't listen to the the show, so I know you don't know what I'm going to ask you. But we we it was Biggie today. Had Biggie Ross, on the right end. We had Ross Greenberg on who
2: It was all a dream. Just did he's a former read H, Word Up magazine.
5: Former president of HBO Sports and he's the executive movies. producer of this documentary, you know, uh Extra Innings 20 years later 9/11. Yeah,
2: I heard the end of that when I was walking in the studio. Okay.
5: So I had said earlier in the show where I was on 9/11 how everything played out, me and Tim go to Vegas 10 days later and the experience of being at the airport, the experience of
2: You got on a plane 10 days later? Yep. Mm. Yes, sure did. No and went way. to
5: Vegas. And what that was all about, like being in Vegas 10 days after that and how crazy it was. Like O'Hare, O'Hare was a ghost town. Yeah, There were people, there were military with long rifles and guns marching everywhere inside O'Hare. Yeah. Right? And Tim and I were like, that's cool. We're going to party. Like, Get out of our way. Um, so, you know, we go to Vegas. And then, like I, I said earlier, these cabbies normally wait a minute to two minutes, even if they're 15 deep. Still going to get somebody right away. They're waiting there, forty-five minutes, hour, hour and a half. Just there was nobody us.
2: there. No, right. which
5: was, I mean, from our standpoint, got tables all to ourselves. There was no fighting for anybody for to get drinks. I mean, pretty much had to run the land. But it was eerie and weird and yeah. odd. Everything and was eerie and weird yes. and odd for all months.
2: For months after that, no doubt. Dude. Yeah. So all
5: right. So what about you? Where were you that day? You remember?
2: I do remember. Sam
5: was in kindergarten.
2: I do remember.
5: Sam remembers kindergarten.
2: I was in college.
5: Thank God you weren't in kindergarten. No, okay. I was
1: in college.
2: Damn it, Sam was in kindergarten? Yeah. Damn it, Sam. He said they were watching it on TV in
5: kindergarten. Look,
1: stop,
2: stop being so young,
5: dude. I say this All every
1: right. time we bring up the age. I can't control when I was born. Stop Thank you.
5: being right. so young. I'm not mad at you about it. Rami's mad because he, he fights the whole I'm getting old thing. All the time with me. But you are old. Like, just move on with your life. You're old. Accept it. I've accepted it a long time ago.
2: So go I ahead. was in college. Yeah. I had a morning class. Where did you go to college? UW Park, said. Okay, Kenosha. Had a morning class. And uh, I got up. You I were s- in the class? No, no, no. <laughs> I see, that was my first shock and
5: disbelief. Okay, so, go
2: ahead. So I sleep with my TV on. I sleep. I always sleep with my TV on. A lot of people So do. I yeah. woke up for, mo- for my morning class, and uh, I was like, ah, I'm not going to class. And I I looked at the TV and I saw I saw the first plane going into the first tower and I was like what movie is this and then I rolled over and I went back to sleep I didn't I didn't know or think that it was real and I was half asleep so I just rolled over and went back to sleep and I woke up a couple hours later realizing it was very very real I had a I had a class later in that day which I went to and uh, it was just it was. We didn't even, I don't remember what the class was, but we just talked about like. What happened? We just, as a class, talked about what happened that day and like people were like breaking down crying oh, no and like problem. it was,
3: yeah, it was
2: intense, man. It was intense. I'm surprised they had play. classes
5: still that afternoon. I don't think anybody knew a what to do. A lot of people not I don't think
2: anybody over. knew what to do, Sparky. Right. What, I mean, how do you know what to do? None of us lived through anything like that. Just like you know what ever I mean? We lived
5: through a pandemic. Exactly.
2: Same thing. People don't know what to do right. or how to act. I was like, I guess. I was like, I guess I got a class that I should go to. I skipped one. I should go to this one, right? And then I went, and it was—that was the logic. I mean, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. My God. I mean, because I honestly, I you're you're in such a state of shock when something like that happens mm-hmm. that you don't. even I don't think I even grasp the seriousness or the severity of it right away. You know what I mean? Like you're almost in denial. Like your mind can't register. At least for me. My mind couldn't like register and process that right away. I was like, I guess uh, we just, I guess we've had other disasters. We just go about our lives, right? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the Oklahoma City bombing. We everything didn't stop no, not when like that this. happened. No. You know what I mean? Right. I, but the magnitude of this and the size of it was so much bigger. And I don't think, I don't think a lot of us really even started to wrap our heads around that and ex- I mean, and accept that for the, a day or
5: two. The the pictures of watching it on TV at night, where everything is down and there's just this like dirt fog or whatever you want to call it, just covering the city like a horror movie. That's what it was. It was a real-life horror movie, just covering the entire city of New York and the shots of watching it on TV and everything else. I was telling the story earlier. I was at WISN radio, and we were doing Sports Talk at night, me and Homer doing the world's greatest sports talk show. So obviously that happened. We didn't do Sports Talk for two, three weeks after that, and we were instead running the company's nationwide news program that we ran at night instead So there I am stuck having a board op this, this show. So there was nowhere for me to go. Like, if you wanted to kind of get away from it, I guess you probably could have at that point. I couldn't. Like, there I am two hours, and I'm hearing every political analysis of this and what everybody thinks is going on and everything else. And it was all over TV. Oh, my goodness gracious. Can that I just say
2: crazy. something? And I don't I don't mean this to be, like, at all insulting or dismissive or anything. This is just my, my view, my perspective, and mm. how, how I handle things, all right? Sure. I don't like you asked me, so I answered. I wasn't going to be like, I don't want to talk about it because that's not good radio. But <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't need to re-experience all this, man. And 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 if you do, like, if you if you need to watch oh, the special, I specials, think there are a lot of people like for that. Sure, for sure. If you need to watch the specials yeah. and the footage and they got relive a lot of this, interviews,
1: Piazza, and, and that,
2: all these guys, Franco. And if that helps you, if that helps you process this whole thing. Fine. Go I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying they shouldn't be airing this stuff. I'm saying me personally, I don't need I don't need to relive this, man. Totally it, ju- get it. it 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 doesn't like it doesn't help my happiness or my mental health or or my state of mind. You right. know what I mean? I, I don't and I I know what happened. I understand what happened. I understand the ripple effect of right. it. We're still living the ripple effect of yep. it. Just look at what just happened in Afghanistan. Right. But I don't I me personally, I don't need to keep reliving this thing every time there's an anniversary, dude. No, I no. don't. I know it's 20 years. Well,
4: I,
5: it came up for me because we did that interview Right, and yeah. they're doing the documentary and they got Piazza and Franco and Tori and Bobby Valentine and a bunch of these guys and it's only it's the baseball perspective of how the Mets and Yankees helped New Yorkers and so forth moving forward. That might after be something that. I'd watch. So, it's it's not like I don't think I haven't seen it. It's not like completely go, like ABC's 2020. They're doing a the whole thing. Right. Completely what you do not want to see. So, that I think is tonight or tomorrow night. So, yeah, they're doing their own thing. But this is baseball centric, talking about it from the player's perspective and the manager and how they kind of helped New York kind of through it as best as they could, I guess. All right. Romney Makeloff comes up next. Jay Moore will have funny things to say, and he'll make you happy uh, at five o'clock. Romney will also uh, have funny things All day. to say, I'm sure.
2: The whole three hours.
5: Can I ask you uh, one one quick question? Sure,
2: It just crossed my mind. Sure.
5: In fantasy football, you refuse to draft Packers, correct?
2: Uh, I've I've softened on that a little bit. Oh, you have a little bit, yeah. Huh?
5: Okay. Because I was wondering, do you refuse to draft Josh Allen?
2: No, no. I don't have anything against Josh Allen, man. Sam. People keep on misrepresenting me. Sam kind of me. tilted his head a little bit when you said that. I mean, uh... people keep misrepresenting me and my stance on Josh Allen, including Sam. Go ahead and agree with oh, them, Sam. Go,
1: go I... ahead. Oh. Just by saying what you're saying, it's technically saying that you have a problem with Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, you can say you don't have a problem with him, but saying what you're saying no, I don't. kind of saying that you have a problem with him. I don't
2: believe in Josh Allen as strongly as some people do as a football player. But you would have drafted Josh Allen. Sure, yeah. He's better than a lot of quarterbacks around this league, and if he was the best pick at a particular spot where I was looking to go quarterback, yeah, I'd take Josh Allen. Right. He's better than a lot of guys around this league. I just don't think he's like the next big thing. That's all I'm saying. That's a fair point. That's it. That's a fair point. He's not. He's not even top five, I mean, top just, ten in my book.
5: I heard the segment y'all did with you know Josh Allen better than, and y'all was, went through all these. It was lists. Josh
2: Allen or yeah, that's what it was. Yeah.
5: yeah, very good segment. Thank you. Very very good segment. We're clever. That was more sand than you, but we'll go with it. <laughs> uh, Robbie Maglop, Sam Schmitz, enjoy the Robbie Show coming up next. Have a good weekend.
4: Toodles. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to
2: small towns, including right here in yours.